So uh, I asked Willie to come speak uh, today, and Willie is uh, fulfills a number of roles in the Denton community. Uh, the most important is that he's a man of God, and uh, but he's also president of the NAACP and has a really cool resale and demolition company. He started welding with me this week or last week. It's pretty great. Um, and he's been a friend and mentor of mine since moving to Denton. Two of the things that Willie has really impacted me in is number one, he talked to Willie and the first thing uh, that really comes out of his mouth, no matter where you see him or where you interact with him, is God is telling me this. He always has a sense of what God is saying to him. He's someone who spends a considerable amount of time just listening to God speak to him. And you know that it's God speaking because a lot of times it's not exactly what he wants to hear. And that brings me to point number two about Willie is Willie is always someone who's been very open uh, with his life. He's an open book. He's not one of those people who uh, tells everyone what they ought to be doing, but is someone who is constantly convicted by the Spirit's work within him. In fact, uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, I saw him and you know, kind of asked him to come uh, do this, and, and we got some uh, dinner a few weeks back, and I kind of asked him, you know, what should I be doing as a white preacher? and a pretty multi-ethnic church in this day and age. And he may have spent two minutes talking about that, and the rest of the time talking about what God is really leading him to do and him to think in regard to uh, this topic. And so uh, that's just really encouraging, and that's why I wanted him to come speak to you guys. Uh, one of the other things that I promised Willie I would do, which I'm about to do, uh, is actually kind of share a little bit about my own personal testimony in regard to race. Uh, lo and behold, somehow we've done an entire series on race and the gospel, and I've never really talked about my own experience. Probably because I'm quite ashamed of it, uh, but really brought that to my attention um, a few weeks ago, and so I gave him a commitment and a charge that I would actually talk about this. So I want to talk about it briefly because I don't want to take too much time away from what he's going to share. Uh, and you can sort of see this as a confession uh, because that's what it is ultimately. And for those of you who don't know me, I'm a sociology professor. I spend a lot of time um, thinking about, talking about, advocating in our society for people uh, of a variety of races and ethnicities. And so uh, what I'm about to tell you is going to give you a sense of how far God has uh, really taken me in his own power and really has nothing to do with me. My grandparents grew up pretty racist, racist South. Um, and still are in a lot of ways. And unlike Ronnie's story last week where he shared about growing up in a pretty racist family and not being, uh, not growing up racist, in a lot of ways, unfortunately, I grew up in a less racist family, not my parents, but their parents, my dad's parents in particular. Um, and I still somehow got bitten by that racist bug, particularly in high school. Now it's a pretty all white, rich high school. Uh, and I had had a lot of trouble just trying to kind of find identity in middle school and through high school. Uh, I think in middle school I was a punk rocker, skater. Um, I remember I had a, a talent show listening to uh, Guns N' Roses, Sweet Child of Mine. I was like, what is this beautiful music? <laughs> remember, this wasn't, or not remember, but I had to tell you this is middle schoolers playing the song. So if that was amazing, <laughs> I'm sure once I actually heard the song played by Guns N' Roses, I was like, whoa. And that just sent me on a downward spiral to buying every parental advisory CD I could get my hands on. <laughs> um, and so I kind of 
became part of that crowd. And, uh, and then in high school, somehow I sort of got out of that crowd because that crowd wasn't cool anymore and got into the cool crowd. And this cool crowd in Jasper uh, High School in, you know, happened to be really white. And at the time, being country was cool. Now, you have to understand, none of us came from the country, okay? <laughs> Literally had no friends that had any rural roots. But we were wearing cowboy boots, heel toes, <laughs> listening to country music, going to country concerts, which, I'm sorry for those of you who like country music, but I can't even handle it now. <laughs> but for that year and a half period of my life, that was sort of me. And I adopted a lot of traits from the surrounding peer group. And one of those traits was a pretty overt racism towards anybody who was non-white in our school. And we didn't have very many non-white students in our school. And so there really wasn't that much opportunity to discriminate against people. So what we did was pick fights with white kids we called Wiggers who tried to be non-white and who hung out with the kids who were black or Latino. And I can remember getting into a number of these fights. I mean, and the only time I ever spent longer than a week in in-school suspension was because I picked a fight with a white kid who, at the time, basically was just wearing baggy pants and hanging out with black students. And that's what I did. And that white kid wouldn't even fight me. Uh, we went to that pal thing. You guys have pals in high school? Yeah. Okay, you're a pal, Ashley? I, I, you would be absolutely ashamed at me if you would have heard some of my pal interactions, okay? Because I was just that a-hole kid who wouldn't allow uh, you know, other students to try to speak into my life. So somehow, some way, I didn't end up fighting this kid in this one in school suspension. Instead, somehow, he co-opted an Asian kid to fight me. And I guess that was representing, you know, the racial struggle in our school. And I remember, this is, I'm not trying to make light of it, I, but it is sort of funny in retrospect. They gave me like an option between three Asian kids. One was like a really large Asian kid who looked like he could really hurt me. One was like a pretty fit Asian kid, and one was like a really small Asian kid. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder which one. <laughs> I chose the small kid, and he beat me to a pulp, okay? My steel toe boots have no effect on his small Asian body. Um, but uh, that was a lot of how I spent my 8th and 10th grade year. And as ashamed of that as I am, that was really my history. And it seems like a distant memory. It seems like something I don't even know what was happening. And I could chalk it up to my experiences uh, or whatever else. But God has taken me very, very far uh, from that place of life. And, uh, and praise him for that. So I just wanted to share that and kind of uh, you know, give you a sense that the person who's up here talking to you, I have figured out, I've got my own past, my own history, as strange as it is, um, but God is good and forgives even the worst of us who uh, have been hateful and have targeted people for uh, unbelievably silly reasons uh, and ignorant and, and hateful reasons. So I want to say prayer for you, Willie, and then come on up and, and speak your heart good. Lord God, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for uh, the way that you direct our paths. As we walk in ignorance and in blindness, not seeing a foot in front of us, not understanding the world for what it is, you still have mercy and grace for us. As we ignore you and reject, on you, or reject you and spit on you and hate each other and hate ourselves, you still have love for us, deep love, abiding love. 
love that can conquer all of the issues and problems and hatreds that we have. We just thank you for that, Lord. You are really good. Speak to us now through your servant, Willie. Amen. Amen. Unrelated. All right, Willie. Do I need to use this recorder, or are we recording through the... I do? Okay, good. All right. Is, this, is the mic on? Is the mic on? Is the mic on? Can you all hear me okay? Because I'm going to move around. Uh, I told Brad when we were talking about uh, something, uh, I said, what God's doing with me is he's saying, quit acting like you have it all together. When I want you to share with people to get them to do what I want them to do, they will pick up on what it is that I'm telling them through the actions that you do. They will figure it out. You do what I tell you, and the people that I'm trying to speak to and get the message to will pull from what you're telling them, what you're, what I'm saying to them. So you don't, you don't. I, I used to fake it till I could make it. That's called religion. Then God got a hold of me. He said, "We're not faking it. You do what I tell you to do." Now here's some here's problem. I call it problem because I don't want to do it with that. The problem is many, most of the time, you don't even know what you're doing. You have not a clue. What is this about? Let me tell you one of the things that God tells me to do. I think it's God. It could just be, um, uh, what is that called? Uh, no, uh, what is it when you start losing your mind, but it's, it's okay? Uh, Alzheimer's. <laughs> no, Alzheimer's. And uh, so he said, in my mind, in my mind, when you go to the store, take a basket with you inside. What kind of ministry is this? Who is this addressing? What's the basket got to do with anything? He said, take the basket inside. You're going to need one, aren't you? I said, yes. Well, take it inside with you. Here's what I've discovered back then. And I do that now all the time with no question. I don't know what it's all about. I just get the thing and go inside. He said, every time you put your hands on the basket, what happens? I start praying to God. Let me define for you what praying is. Talking to it. And I consciously know he's around and in my experience. And I grab hold to it and I start walking with it. And I here's how I talk to God. What in the world am I holding this basket for? And he says, guess what? You have told somebody about this story and you don't know they're looking to see if you're going to do it. I said, probably true. And he said, you're talking to me. So I take it inside, put it inside. I'm going to tell you a little story about when I go inside with the basket. The other messages that he gave me. But let me tell you something about being black. I've been black most of my life. <laughs> what you need to realize is that every one of us, all of you, are unique in your race and what's going on with you in your time period. 
it's because I have this tan that all of you wish you had. Don't think of that. Oh, I know you. <laughs> it's just my story. Let me tell you my story. And what God told me to do with this story, He said, just tell them. Someone in here is listening to you and I'm talking to them about some issue. Just tell them. So, I'm old. I'm going to be dead soon. Yay! Anyway. <laughs> I'm 71 years old. And I've been a Christian for 47 years. Now, I was a church religious person for 11 years. Difference? I asked Jesus Christ to take my life and show me what to do. And I was going to trust him. And I was going to obey him. 1968. And I happened. One o'clock in Okinawa, Japan. You try me in the Vietnam War, by God, you don't want to make one decision or other. Here's what it sounds like when bullets are being shot at you. The bullets make a real unique sound. It goes, That's when they miss you. When it hits you, it sounds like this. <laughs> anyway. So, now, I grew up in the 60s. We, my father's father was a slave. Then he had us two generations later. So I came on the scene when segregation was taking place. So you need to understand that this is what caused me to be who I am, that history. I've since learned that everybody has a history. They've grown up, they, they saw some things, they decided they were going to do certain things, and then they developed into whatever they were going to develop in. Don't think that the race has anything to do with anything. It's just your story and how you came about being who you are. So I, uh, I joined the, the uh, Black Panther Party, which was a group that wanted to eliminate whites, just like the Klan wanted to eliminate blacks. You know what, I'm going to work with then I got out of that and went into uh, church. Then I left church, and I could give you all the stories that went along with just being black and single out for things happening to you. And like I said, every one of you has a story. So don't get caught up in the skin color. But here's what I've learned over these 47 years of trying to figure out what God wants me to do. You, he, he says, I want you to do something. Now here's what you young people need to understand. As you're trying to move from point A to point B, he's saying to you, I want you to do this. And let me back up a little bit. I'm going to get back to that, what God wants you to do. I want you to do this. He says, You've got to learn to hear me. You've got to know which voice it is that's in your head that comes from me and which one comes from Satan. You've got to learn that. You think, well, it's easy. You know, I don't kill, don't steal, don't hit. No, it's worse than that. It gets worse. Not worse. There's more to it than that. The voice. Here's, here's what you need to understand. What I understand. I tried to move to Dallas 
from Denton after finishing school. I thought that's what I should do. I want to go to Dallas to live. Well, what is the sin? Oh, let me find sin too, because some of you religious holy people, you don't understand what that is. Sin is doing what God doesn't want you to do. That's the simple, that's exactly what it is. Don't try to make it holy, I have sinned. Well, yes, we all have. Join the club. Uh, so, you have to figure out, well, which one of those does God want me to do? Which one is a sin? If it's something he didn't want me to do, then I don't want to do it. It's sin. Dallas will stay here. That's what I mean. You've got to figure out how to understand the voice. Let me tell you what I figured out. There are three ways you can get the voice clear. This is what I found out. If you want to get a clear indication of which one is God, you do this. Have, uh, you talk to him all the time. Buggy, go inside. Uh, see someone who cuts me off and they drive fast like, I've seen some of you. Anyway, cut me off as they're driving. He says, God says, let it go. We'll get there. Just let it go. And then the second part of that which is hard for me. Don't be upset with them. Do not go up and pull them out of that car, put your hands around their neck, and shake it until it just stops for a minute. Don't do that. Let it go. So, talk to God. Secondly, have fellowship with people who believe like you. And this is the things you do to hear God. Be in fellowship with people who believe like you do. Just get together with people like yourselves that have that basic understanding of who God is. But here's the other thing that I learned about that. He said, have honest fellowship. Hi, my name's Louis. I'm glad you're here. You're thinking, man, hurry up and turn my hand loose and go to down somewhere. <laughs> That's not the kind of fellowship he's talking about. I want to tell you what I've experienced in this place right here. And God blessed them in this group that they will always have that newfound love of God. <coughs> you can just tell they've got it. I had it, and I'm working real hard to keep it. I've got grandkids now. I have to really work hard to keep it. They're always moving around their little fingers and all them stuff. <laughs> um, this person right here, stand up now, lady. <laughs> and your sister, stand up. They have that look. They talk to me in this group, and they got that new that look of God. They just love God right now. Thank you. They love God. Many of you too. You wait to say this to you. Wait to attach you. The guy says, "Now what are you going to do? What are you going to do now?" That's the journey. 47 years ago, I started on that journey. And the last thing, so there's talking to God, fellowship, and obedience, not that sacrificial stuff where you play play around with it. He tells you in your head what to do. Here's an example of that obedience I'm talking about. Hold on to the basket, take it inside, talk to me as you go. There is a person right there. 
I want you to make a joke with him. And I do that all the time. I just joke all the time. And so, in fact, just yesterday, but it happens all the time. I go to Home Depot, I go to anywhere. Anyway, God will say, make a joke with this person. So, I went to uh, Home Depot yesterday. No. Uh, uh, Walmart. There was this guy that did his blood pressure check, and this guy said, make a joke with him. So he was with a lady, I just assumed he was white, and so they were, she was assisting to get his blood pressure checked on that machine. And I said to her, hey, is he behaving today? Is he going to be all right? This is the look they gave me. <laughs> Black man in his work outfit. I, I looked like I was going to purchase something, maybe probably take something from them and kill him. <laughs> and so he looked like that. Do you know what God said to me right after I left there? I tell you, he just wears me out. <laughs> okay. They didn't know it was too well did. I said, the heck no, now you, this is me in Walmart talking like the neck. I didn't go over good. I'm another person right after that. Remember? Fellowship, talking to God, be He said, make a joke with this person. I said, what are you talking about? I just said, you remember the old guy with his old wife there? And he, make a joke with this one. I made a joke with that, that next one. Hey, is that baby heavy that you have there? <laughs> 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 and his was way over here. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, she said, yeah, she's kind of heavy, but it's all right. That's God. That's God. That's what he does. <laughs> so, if you do those three things consistently, you will hear his voice. Now let me tell you about this race relation. It is no different than any other thing he's telling you to do. It is no different. Society says we have a race problem. Duh. We also have an obesity problem. We also have people who are left-handed. <laughs> something to me. Well, which ones of you have done something to me? I don't even know you. God said, that's insane. You got to love everybody. I said, oh. <coughs> love everybody. And I could live with that until he said, do this. And I have a problem. I've got this scripture that I've been reading. I've had it read to me. I'm going to talk to you about loving everybody. I've got an app on my phone. Gateway Bible, and it it reads the scriptures to me. Well, I've never liked the King James Version. They can't understand the thing. So I've got this message translation, and it's being read to me. Let me tell you something about the, the Bible. 
The Bible is your operator's manual, is my operator's manual. If you don't read it, you won't know how to operate, whatever you're trying to do. You can't, you can't have it sitting there and, and mean what I would do is pluck little verses out of it and say, oh yeah, this fits, this is fit. Now I'm finding out, you just read it. God will pluck the verses. He'll say this, that's what he did. So now, he gave me this message about race. Just like Brad said, God bless him and may God take him home soon. Oh, I'm sorry, that's what I mean. <laughs> He said, here's what I want you to do about race. Examine your own racism. What are you talking about? I'm black. What are you talking about? I can't tell you what my problem is because every one of you will get off on the message that I just told you what my problem is and not listening anymore. Just let me say, we all have closets. Each one of us have closets. I don't care how you have your hair cut your little nice uniform on and how you walk and greet people. You got a closet. God says. I had to remodel mine to make it larger because I've got a big problem. So when I start, when he said, here's what I want you to do, start loving everybody and here are the steps. I said, but, they, but those people, why would I love them, those people? He said, you, you remember 1962? I did something in 1962. I'm so stinking embarrassed about it, I don't know what to do. I just have to pray and get away from it. I'm so embarrassed. Remember that? I said, yeah. I loved you then. Then through that, I still love you then, and I love you now. Don't I? I said, yes, you do. Get it fixed. Start dealing with it. Now, he did all that through a series of, as I say, 47 years of doing this. It's been a process to get me to where I am right now. And when I started having the Bible read to me, I've gone through it four times straight. Not straight in one second. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be something I'd call him <laughs> But four times I've gone through, starting with Genesis, and went all the way through. I am so clear about what God wants me to do. It's just unbelievable. And I'm clear like step by step. I just get it now. Here's what I get. You are not important. You're human. I love you. Period. Come on. We're going to go on a journey. Let's go. I said, okay, God. I got the basket. We're pushing the basket. Where are we supposed to go? And I go. And so I want to share with you the verse that verses that God showed me through the reading of the Bible all the way through. Went to that Old Testament, and I thought, God, what is this thing all about? And he killed him, and he killed everybody in the family. He cut the heads off, stacked the bodies up by the door, and I'm thinking, what, what, what? I love this Bible. Anyway, <laughs> so I want to share the scriptures. This is the scriptures in Colossians that God showed me. Here's what I want you to do now. Love everybody. Colossians. Third chapter. Read it aloud with me. And let's see if he says anything. 
Read it aloud. So, it is serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ. Act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ decides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from His perspective. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though it is.
If you've got a message in that, grab hold to it, do something about it. Here's what he told me. Do what I tell you. Do what I tell you. I'm going to give you some examples in just a minute about what he asked me to do. But first, I'm happy and overjoyed right now. Let me explain to you what that means. I'm at peace right now. I, I have problems just like everybody, but I have peace. You know how you have a song that you like? I found this new station on the, on the radio, The Way. You know y'all listening to The Way? Yeah. Good songs all day long. I like hip hop. But they keep talking about beating women and having sex all night and drinking and drugging and killing the cops. I just, Everything I think about. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to think about that. I like the way. There's a song in it that's poor and I just love to hear. Because it just keeps saying God's away, God's away. I have a song I want to play for you now. I don't know why this song just helps. But before I get into talking about what I'm struggling with, I want us to hear this song. Now, in school, I was the, the leader. I was the guy that was always, I do stuff that was weird all the time. <laughs> and I go to a church that's animated. They just do stuff. So don't think this is something spiritual that's holy of what I'm going to do when the song is played, played, played. It's just me. That's just who I am. Just ignore my antics and just listen to the song. But the song just motivates me. And I want you to listen to it and just, just, just enjoy it with me. Play the song. And the video is up here as well. Thank you. 
here because now I'm going to talk about uh, the reality of trying to do what God wants you to do. I, I have a moving job and I moved this refrigerator for this guy who's very just didn't want any scratches on it. I just watched it. He was just in the way, bugging me. And I know how to move a refrigerator. It was a used refrigerator, but then there was a mark on it. And so I took it inside and I noticed after I took it inside, there was a mark on the side. Then I looked at my dolly, the thing that I took it in there with, and it had something protruding out of it, facing the machine. And it, it scarred it. When I pushed it where it needed to go, you couldn't see it. The wall hadn't hit, so I pushed it back in, and the uh, the scratch was in between the refrigerator and the wall. You couldn't see it. And I left, got my money, and left. God said, "You know, you put that scratch on there." He talks to me in black. You know, you put the scratch on that. I'm gone, I've got my money, can't you just forget it? Nope. Call him up, hey, I'll put a scratch on your deal, and I'll fix it, whatever you want me to do. Now that shortened version of what I really went through. Two days of hey, suffering, do what I tell you, do what I tell you. So that's one. Then, the, uh, the other one, remember, you don't look good in these situations, you just need to do what he tells you, and then you just, you can handle it okay. At church, I helped a guy become a Christian, and I really helped him a lot. And he got up and st stood up in church to say, all the people, he thanked all the people who helped him. I'm the one who first helped, helped him. And he, he didn't mention my name. I said, whoa. Well, I ain't helping that do anything to him. He don't remember So God said, so what are you gonna do about it? Remember Honest Fellowship? I called him over and I, I remember I had to shorten. I can't tell you all about the agony I was in. I had him to come over and I said, uh, you didn't mention my name? He said, don't, I, you knew you helped me. I didn't even mention your name. You knew that you helped me. Long story short, I gained my brother by being obedient to God to talk to him. And I did. Again, I'm shortening all this. I can't, I'm not going to share with y'all with all the agony on it. In fact, it went to, through to me saying that. Here's a big um, if you If you just look at the paper, you'll know that I'm very active. Just Google my name. And you'll wish you had. But Google my name. And you'll see I'm always in somebody's face. School, board, city council, county commissioners. Week, I'm down there complaining. <laughs> so I was talking to the county commissioners this time, and I said, uh, you're all racist, because you won't take down that statue on the square. You're just racist. You just want that same stuff that all the time. And just wearing them out with it. God said, oh, and then I read the scriptures too. I find a scripture and read it. Death to all leaders under something like that. 
to the and he beheaded everybody there. <laughs> I read those kind of things, encouraging scriptures like that. <laughs> you know what God told me? He said, quit reading the scriptures to them like you're beating them over the head with it. Yeah. He said, live it. You live the scriptures. I said, whoa, what kind of fun is that in that? I'm going to take me back to the funnest and take it in inside the school. It might kill me to do what he says to to show that I love those people. Apologize to them in open court. Tell them that you're wrong and tell them that I told you you were wrong and to stop doing it. They thought it was a ploy, but I'm the kind of person that all my life, I've done what God told tell me to do. I don't care about humans. I'll do it. So I changed in the middle of the anger. I stopped being angry and I started doing what God told me to do. It changed them. It changed them. Changed me first, but it changed them. And one of the things I was talking about was a cemetery in, in PowerPoint where the slaves were buried and it was unkept. Right after that, they voted to spend $20,000 to fix that cemetery. That's God. That's And ever since that day, I've been there saying encouraging things to them. And one of the last things that I said to them is God said, we're all brethren and sisters. I, I love everybody. I got everybody there. And here's the challenge to you if you're here. You love everybody. And I'm going to tell you how to love them. This, came, this comes from Galatians. <laughs> Fifth chapter, 13 through 15th verse. It is absolutely clear that God has called you to be free to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use your freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. Serve everyone in love. Now, here's what that means without being holy and religious. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. Kill me. I don't like my pastor that I had to hear past. So here's the one right down the street. I don't like him. What was wrong with that is I hated him. God said, well, I can't do it. You can't be with me and hate someone. So here's what you do when you find yourself in that situation. I did that when I first found my wife of 47 years. 47 years. I said, help me find her, God. I don't know where she is. Help me. So I asked God to help me love my pastor. Because I wasn't going to fake it. You know they love him? And I said, help me. And he did. I finally got with my pastor. And, and now I have that love for him. That's what I'm saying you need to do. Or what I had to do. I hope this message gets you to It's that love. Treat people like you want to be treated. It doesn't matter what this covering is all about. But you do have to do 
certain things. You can't just say, okay, I love everybody. No, he's going to ask you to do, like, when I go to the post office, I don't like to open the door for people that's coming behind me. I think, I open the door, you open your own door. I don't want to just open <laughs> Said I'm weird. She said, she said, I don't know what went wrong. I should have fell in love with you. But I'm going to And I just close the door and I just keep going. God said, it's not right. Beautiful white girl, young, came out of the door. Came, she came out of the door before I went there. Held it open to me, smiled at me, said, good morning. Go ahead. You can go right in. God immediately said, that's what I want you to do. What is wrong with you? Open the door for people when they go in. <laughs> Guess what? I got it. I'm going to open the door for you. If you see me at the post office, watch the scene on the open door. Now I might say something out there. Open and you go back. You little sorry, sir. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's what I'm saying you should do. Now I want you to do something for me. Because I'm not going to be playing games with you. I'm not going to play games with anyone. My granddaughter, one of them, and I have 13 grandchildren. Uh, well, 14. I forgot to just add one too much. <laughs> She's got a big head, so I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I can say that about my own granddaughter. But I have grandchildren, and Two of them were raised the right way. My son stayed home, had his wife stay home, just took him to Christian things, just, just did everything he could do. And now they're just evil, those two. They, sex sins got them. Uh, like I said, in 1962, I had a closet. So I, I know that Satan will trap you if you let him. But my prayer for you, that I want you to pray, my, my wish for you to pray for me is that I can love my granddaughter, one of them. I let her use my car. She didn't bring it back when she said she was going to bring it back. And she ignored my texts, my calls, my everything. And she just kept the car until she tore it up. And God said, love her like you would love yourself. Not there. Not there. Would not talk to her. So you're going to be a part of this process. I want you to pray that I get it. Get it. I'm not playing games. I'm not asking you to, to do that and then expect that you will do it or not. I, that's on you. I'm just telling you because he told me to tell you. I need to get that fixed. Now, so I'm finished. I, I'm going to pray now, and then I'm going to leave because I didn't do this for you to tell me anything about how I did, and I don't want to hear that. That's not why I'm here. I'm just telling you because God told me to tell you. So I'm going to pray. I told you what I want you to pray for me about. And when I see you, I will give you a progress report as to how that's going. And if you're not going good, I'll just say, I don't know, I don't like her. She ain't here, I don't Because <laughs> guess what? God already knows. Let me tell you about God. I caught a squirrel at my house. Squirrels. You know you eat them? Oh, you don't? Okay, anyway. 
had him in the trap. I said, this sucker been eating my pecans. I'm going to get me a stick and I'm going to just stab it to death. And God said, that's not right. You shouldn't do that, do you think? Just take him in the wild and let him go. And he said, then I kind of thought, he said, I don't want, I told him, I told him, I don't want to do that. I want to stab him until he just done hit him. He eats my pecans. So then I looked up and I laughed at him, at God. I was smiling and he said, I already know what you're going to do, don't, don't I? I said, yeah, you do. He says, okay, so let's just see what you're going to do. And I just, I thought that was so hilarious. So I didn't do anything to, to squirrel. I took him to the wall and dropped him. I thought, I know this is what God would want me to do because I'm not going to eat it. I just torture it. And he said, no. And that's the God that I serve. He already knows what I'm going to do. So I know you're going to do what you're going to do. And I'm going to obey him once he can get the hatred out of my heart. So let me pray for me and you quickly. God, I just thank you that you do what you say you're going to do. I know you're going to bless me in spite of myself. I know that you have the power to do the things that are going to be beneficial to me and anyone in here. And I ask that you would just be with me now and the people that, that are gathered here. In Jesus' name I pray. Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.